today. We continue with what it is that we were sharing last time. And once again, I just remind us, it is that the Lord is speaking unto us personally because he has got a specific plan for us. He has got a specific desire. Just like he says, we are his bride. The church is his bride. And he's preparing his bride for that particular wonderful time of the wedding. And I pray that by the grace of God, may each one of us avail ourselves to prepare ourselves just as a bride prepares herself to be able to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom comes out very smart, you know, very smartly dressed, and so does the bride comes out shiny, completely, you know, overshadowing, you know, the bridegroom even always, it always happens, she, always, she, she over, 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 overshines the bridegroom, go the brightness that she comes for that, a lot of pomp and, you know, surrounds the bride more than the, more than the bridegroom, bridegroom. And here Jesus is preparing you and I as his church, his bride, that that pomp and that glory shall be made manifest in your behalf. That is for the glory of God as he comes to present you and I before the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of his name. And that's why he seeks with all that he can to prepare us for that particular wonderful moment. And remember as we say last time, I read the first two scriptures that we read and we move on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 where he says, For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. For we have become partakers, that is Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14 and 19. For we have become partakers of Christ Jesus, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was God angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they will not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That is to those ones the promise that was given to the children of Israel as they left the land of Egypt. The Bible tells us God became angry with them for 40 good years. Think of the Creator being angry with you every single day for 40 years. And it was all because they did not believe. I want you to encourage yourself. I will do all that I can to believe. The thing that disheartens God most is unbelief. Because remember the word of God says, without faith it is impossible to please God. For all who come to God must, come, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Meaning, without faith, we are detestable before God. There is something about unbelief 
that grieves the heart of the Father. And I want you to cry unto God as I cry unto him. We shall not be found in that particular group of such as fail to believe. In all situations, I remember that man who came to Jesus and told him, you know, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And whatever small bit that there might be which I don't believe, please help my unbelief so that I may believe. And her son was delivered from the spirit of epilepsy. Now, as we go on sharing this, it says, Today is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And we touched it last time where I said, God is always in the now. Many of us will live in the yesterday. God did, God did. God will, God will. But we forget God is, God is. He is, wants to be involved with you now. And maybe some other time we shall, we shall share on that particular aspect of God, the God of the moment, or the God who wants to reach us at this particular hour. Remember Martha. Martha, when Jesus came to her, she came to Jesus and the first thing was what? What most of us do. Oh Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died because he was the God of yesterday. And then, Jesus told her, you know, your brother will live. Your brother will rise. Oh, yes, I know, I believe, I know. He will rise. Again, she threw him into the future. She forgot he was standing right next to her to answer her most pressing need. The raising of a brother back to life. And that's what happens with many of us. The Lord wants to deal with us now. He wants to change something in your life and in my life now. He wants to lift you up now. But many times we hold back and we hold on to that thing that we have been holding on for too long. Saying that, well, tomorrow I will let it go. Oh, yesterday I would have left it go. But today, let me just hold on to him today. He desires now. Act now because there is something that is going to happen in your life as you act now. Now. He says, once again, as we continue, that he is the only one who matters. The same one that he started telling us yesterday, last week. He is the one who matters. As you know, the, because this world, as we know it, is passing away. Our sister Linda prayed here, and she touched Ukraine for a moment. For some time years, Ukraine has been wonder, a, wonder, a wonderful place. Wonderful. The church was thriving in Ukraine. Some of you know David, David Hathaway and what have you there. He's done so many crusades across in, 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 in Ukraine. And given wonderful testimonies of what the Lord has been doing there. And the church really vibrant. Suddenly, one day, everything changed from what it has always been. And suddenly, now I want you to realize it's not that those Christians didn't pray and they are not, it's not that they are not praying. It's because the world is an evil place. And the things that happen in the world, some of them are out of our control. All the praying that you may pray, it will not change Russia coming to attack, you know, to attack Ukraine. Because there is something that is happening in the spiritual arena. Because the word of God says the whole world lies in the evil one. 
But God is seeking to sustain and to keep each one of us in that evil world. But he says he is the one who matters and you must discover him just thus for the glory of God. He says, believe in my promises. He wants you to trust and to believe in his promises and ask yourself, do I truly believe the promises of God or I overlook them? He says, I am ever faithful. And my love for you will never run dry. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 he says, The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you. He says he is loving you with an everlasting love. You know, he loved you yesterday, but more so today he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That is the love I have for you as a child of mine or as my creation has got no bounds. There's no boundary as to where my love reaches. It comes from far, far, far where you cannot imagine. And it, it is here and it goes far ahead beyond infinity where you are able to reach. He says, my love for you is from everlasting to everlasting. And as we share lifetime, he said that he says that you know we are entering into a time like no other before our history. At one point, I remember one point that while waiting on the Lord, something happened before my eyes, and it was a strange, a strange operation. And in, in the course of it, a huge horse came and landed. And there was so much fear on either side, and so much distress and stress on either side. And the voice said, the pale hose has landed. Whatever that means, the Lord has a purpose to why he says the pale, low, the pale hose has landed. Now if you go to a, a, a revelation, you find the pale hose happened to be the fourth hose, if I'm not wrong. That, that landed, that is of the four horse riders who came up, 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 you know, some things that are happening in the world, but there was, the, there was I think, the white, then there was a, a red, I think, then there was a black, and then there was a pearl, a pearl horse. It, 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 it landed. And each one of them, they have given the meanings of some of this, or each and every one of these particular aspects. But the main thing that the Lord is saying is that so many of us, we are unprepared for what is to befall us. You may wonder why we read the scriptures here. We get out here, Margaret and Nikki read the scriptures here today. And you know, sometimes you may wonder why. Why are you reading the scriptures here? There is something about the word of God which God wants to impact you and to impact me. As you hear the word of God. That word impacts our lives. That word is life as it is spoken over you. It goes into your subconscious and it does something in your spirit and in my spirit that even ourselves we are not able to know. But he wants us to yield ourselves to this particular word so that this word will mold us, change us, and bring glory unto his name and bring purpose into our lives. The Lord warns and he says that you know, there is a great shift a great change that is coming. But you know, there, there will be no room, we said last week, for the lukewarm. 
If you are lukewarm in the things of God, you will not be able to hold on to what it is that lies ahead of us. He says, if you have not chosen to follow me, says the Lord, uh, with all of your being, you will not be able to stand in the darkness that is ahead or the darkness that is descending. I'm not here to scare, to scare us. But I'm here to tell you what it is that he has laid in my heart and what he's speaking unto us at this particular hour. As he has spoken these words, I've, I've trembled myself as I look at the one in whom we believe. As much as he is the God of love that we love, I want you to realize he's warning and preparing us to know the time where we are at this particular time. As, in, as, as he says that, you know, if you have not chosen to follow him, uh, with all your heart, he says, you will not be able to stand in the darkness that is descending upon the earth at this particular season and in this particular hour. He says, the enemy may as well snatch you because you are weak in your will. Now hear what he says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Wherefore, seeing we are all surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us or entangles us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says in verse 3, For consider Jesus, who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and you faint in your minds. Many are fainting in their minds, losing track of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord wants you to awaken. Because listen, he indicates that there is something that he says, you know, pray for your faith to be strengthened. I told you at the beginning, because of unbelief, God was angry with some people you know, for 40 years. And unbelief will cause us to miss our inheritance. But he encourages and says, pray for the strengthening of your faith each day, for you will be severely tested. Whatever it is that he means by that, it is, there it is. I, I will just represent unto us what the Lord is giving unto us. I wonder if you have not been praying enough. Go and cry unto the Lord. Help me to be in that place of prayer, in that place of waiting. Listen what Peter says. First Peter chapter 4 verse 12 to 19. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Jesus, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer. As a thief, as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. 
For the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. And if the judgment begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as a faithful creator. Praise God. I told you last time that there is a great upheaval in the spirit realm. And it is even at our very doors. The enemy is clamoring for the souls of men and women. He's clamoring for our souls and there is so much influence that is coming from either side whithersoever we turn ourselves. There is a mystery of iniquity and wickedness that is happening in the land, my brothers and my sisters. And the Lord wants you to hide yourself in him. He says, oh, how great is the goodness which you have laid up for those who trust in you. Or those who fear you. Which you have kept for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. He says in that psalm, you will hide them in the secret place of your presence from the strife of tongues. And he says you will hide them or you will keep them secretly in a pavilion. In a secret small building somewhere from the plots of men. He's promising to deliver you. But that deliverance is he must be the one who matters most in your life. So he says watch, pray, remain sober and focus. Listen to what it is that it is that he's telling unto you. Paul encourages us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 where he says, Pray without ceasing. In Matthew chapter 2 26 verse 41, Jesus tells you and he tells me, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And many times we may feel strong in the spirit. But our flesh can turn out to be very weak and we find ourselves falling into those temptations. And the issue that the Lord is telling us, as you pray, he will be able to reveal the temptation in advance. He will give strength to your feet to run before the temptation appears. Praise the Lord. Or if the temptation appears, you are off on your feet. You don't wait to waste your time to fight it. No need. Watch for. Move to the safety of that the Lord has availed for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Don't argue with the evil one. You know, the Lord has not told us to argue with Satan. Never. He will beat you. He's a smart arguer. <laughs> you can't beat him in argument. He's smart and clever. He's been around for thousands of years. He knows our human nature. We were born just yesterday. I'm sure all of us, there's nobody here who is over, over 90 years. Praise the Lord. All of us are under 90. He has been here for thousands of years. So he knows us. He knows how we respond to things. Don't argue with him. He will beat you in the argument. Praise the Lord. Run away. Instead, the Bible says, resist him. The moment he comes, you just say, no, I'm not listening. And you are off and gone. You don't give him a chance. He comes and says, you know what? I don't know. And I don't want to know. It will be good. I don't care whether it is good or it is bad. None of my business. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Praise the Lord. That's where you will run and you will overcome. But if you say, ah, what is good? I can prove to you that it is not good. Oh, no. He will convince you you will find you have fallen before you know what it is that is happening. May the Lord have mercy on us in the name of Jesus Christ. So I encourage us. He said, you know, the Lord has told us, and I want us to continue to believe. Greater things, his promises, as in John chapter 4, verse 12. He promises and tells us, most assuredly, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than this he will do, because I go to my Father. It is a great promise for us in that particular place. But yet, he's, he indicates that, you know, our faith is able to move mountains. If at all we want that faith to move those particular mountains. But the desire of the Father is for you to learn to pray with authority. Some of us pray, and we pray yes, but we pray in a manner is as if we are pleading with the evil one, or we are pleading with the enemy. He says he wants you to pray with authority. And one of the things he tells us in, in Proverbs chapter 6, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You are taken captive by the words of your mouth. Let your words be filled with the authority of the scripture as you speak across in any situation and in any circumstance. Whatever appears before you, don't take it that, that is, this is just a normal thing. Just like it happened to Jesus when he was feeling hungry and the enemy brings the thought in his mind, you can turn these stones into bread. He could have turned it into bread because he had the power to do that. But he was alert in his mind. says, you know, it is written. He didn't argue with him. He just told him it is written. That, you know, man shall live by not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He didn't waste time, the Son of God himself, arguing with the evil one. And that's what the Lord is calling upon you and upon I. That, you know, speak as one who knows who has called you. Speak as one who knows who is your commander, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Don't pray as one who is a defeated person there in the corner. He wants you to arise in the boldness that he has granted unto you. He says, for the Lord has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you as you pray, do you pray as one who has power? Do you ask the Lord as one who has a sound mind? Do you pray as one who has love? Or you pray with a particular fear, I don't know if God, you're going to do this. I'm just hoping that you're going to do this. No, that is lack of faith. Go before him knowing that he is not a man that he should lie. He is not a son of a man that he should repent. He says, as you pray under the grace of the Spirit of God, he will bring you into the victory. And I want each one of us in the church, let us make it a prayer point. Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Don't just say, oh, I am filled. Keep on asking, fill me, oh God, with the Holy Spirit. I want to see the move and the manifestation of your Spirit in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't settle with being just religious. No. There is something that happens when the spirit of God is bubbling in your inner man and in your spirit. And I want you, each one of us, let us young and old alike, cry unto him, Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
It will make a difference in your life for the glory of God in the highest. You will never be the same again in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Amen. Let us desire. As the Lord indicates unto us that, you know, you, know, you know, before dawn, he indicates one thing that do not fear to lay your burdens at my feet. For he says in, 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 in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 17, where he says, Cast your burdens upon or cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Do not try to arrange or to even plan how do I approach God. Just throw it across and he says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Praise God. It is that grace and that authority that, you know, you cast yourself in abandonment unto him. He will bring you victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen something. The Lord is looking for those strong ones who are going to stand for him at this particular hour. Remember when Moses came from the mountain in Exodus chapter 32, 32 verse 26. He said this word, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. This is what the Lord is looking for. As he speaks to our generation. As he speaks to the church right now. It is not just a matter of, oh, I'm saved, so it's enough. I can go and do whatever I want to do. No. He is saying there must be a change and a difference in us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. Separate yourself from the camp. Even in the church itself, let it be, let stand up to be counted that that truly is a man and a woman who is dedicated to the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. That young man oozes with a desire to love God. You know, God means everything to him or to her. You deny everything else and say, Jesus will satisfy me and him alone will satisfy for the glory of God. Are there things that I love? He's looking at them and asking me, of all these particular things, do they really glorify me? He says, I am the bread of life. Are you eating enough of me? The bread of life is the word of God. He says, I am the bread of life. Are you eating enough of me? How many of you are eating enough of Jesus Christ? He says, my blood is drink in me indeed. His blood is his life, and the life is in the spirit, meaning the blood might as well be representing the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, because life is in the blood of the, of the animal or the person. So the spirit of Christ is in his blood, and he says, drink my blood, it is drink indeed. Meaning, take all my spirit over and over and over, desire him over, ask for him, drink of my blood. That you may live, eat of my flesh, that you may be able to be alive. The flesh is the word. And I wonder, I ask you and I, how many times do we eat this word? Some of us, we, and we read, and I'm not rebuking us. No, I don't take it, I'm rebuking us. No, 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 no. I'm simply telling us the fact that we can read 10 novels in a, in a week. Ten novels of the world, romantic novels, name them, whatever they are. You know, and we really enjoy them. But even one chapter of the word of God is so hard that it will take one month to finish one chapter. <laughs> Ten novels in one week. One chapter of about 20 verses in one month. 
How does that compare? He says, I'm the one who matters. If I told you you'd be able to put me in the center, you'll have a difference. He says, remember the commandment as we draw to a close. Remember the commandment that I have given unto you. It is in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. It's a, it's a commandment that we know very well. Where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord indicates that it's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39. He says, if you will continue in this particular command, reach out unto your brothers and sisters who are weak. Bring them, draw them near, so that they can be able to partake of my mercy. If you will be able to do that, then you will be able to bring my body up. I want you to look at yourself as I look at myself and look in the body and look outside the body. Who are those weak ones? The ones who have been withering in the faith, they are returning to the world. Never tell anybody. You see him but sliding and going into the world and going into sin. And you go telling him, once saved, forever saved. Be very careful of what it is, the doctrines that we are preaching out to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he says, I am a consuming fire. And I desire holiness in my church, holiness in my children, the fear of God to be upon us continually for the honor of his wondrous name. And so he says, as we love one another, if you see me backsliding, don't pamper me on my back, the Lord understands. Rebuke me. Tell me, Paul, wake up. Get out of this dark. You're wasting time. You perish in your sin. So that I may wake up and I may discover that I'm entering into dark, darkness. Don't see me going wrong. Don't see your brother. Don't see your sister going wrong. And you say, oh, no, it's okay. The Lord understands. He does not understand. He says, grieve not the spirit of God wherewith you have been sealed. Praise God. In his mercy, he will build us up and he will show us his grace in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a chorus that we always sing, reign in me, sovereign Lord, reign in me. Captivate my heart. Let your kingdom come, establish there your throne. Let your will be done in my life. Let that be the cry of each one of us in this moment. There are choices that are before us. Make the right choice, my brother. Make the right choice, my sister. The Lord will come for you. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will give you victory in the name of Jesus Christ.